Hello, welcome to Us War Gamer. I'm your host, Rob. This is the Age of Sigma Stat Center that's recorded every Monday from 11 a.m. until about 1 p.m. Uh, we've got a pretty busy week this week, actually. Uh, this is actually the second most uh, popular week since since Age of Sigma 3 launched. 444, uh, 445 players playing around the world across seven countries, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I'm joined by the Twitch chat right here, if you'd like to join me live any day. And I think this will be a pretty quick one. I know it's a big one, but I reckon I'll get it through it fairly quick, uh, which will be exciting. And I expect the meta to be quite different. To be honest, I think there'll be a bunch of different stuff in here, and I doubt I'll see many Kronspine incarnates after I made the show yesterday saying that we should ban it. So I don't expect that that'll be something that comes up particularly. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, so shout out. Now, we do have a list of the week, uh, which will be at the very end of the show. So do check out the list of the week. Um, I'll try and put some timestamps in so you can check it out. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I hope you enjoy the show, and I hope the, I hope the lists are fun. So let's deep dive in. Here we go. So our first event this week, our first event this week is the Trouble at the Mill. The Trouble at the Mill. And this was at Leidis Games in Leeds in the UK, uh, which is uh, pretty exciting. And it's mainly exciting because you will have heard the Ogres, Ogres went 5-0. So Pete Dixon, Pedro Fantastico, who's currently in the chat and he was talking to us, he said that his list, which... Uh, Features the Incarnate, I apologise, I'm not very well, um, had a Frostlord and Stonehorn in Blood Gullet, uh, a Slaughtermaster, two units of two Mournfang, two Stonehorn Beast Riders, which are also battle line, uh, and then two Frost Sabres, and then a Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. Now, we know for a fact that Ogres are doing only okay. They're not doing great. There's a new book on the horizon very, very soon, um, but it has been Battle Tome, Frostlord and Stonehorn for about as long as it's been available to be so. Only in very fringe cases, such as Stu Iron Gutsman, um, who you can go check out his uh, YouTube channel. Oh, and also congratulations on getting engaged. Um, uh, and also getting into university. Um, he's got a great YouTube channel where he loves ogres, so something to talk about there, and mainly destruction. Um, even before it was a battle tome. That's a good point, Hazel. Even before it was a battle tome, it was actually battle tome this. Um, but the added addition of the incarnate, which can't, die for a couple of turns and specifically um can tank uh is really really good because this means that as uh, pete was saying in the chat the frostal and stonehorn is going to be able to just delete something move off and just have a great time uh so uh i mean still uh, an excellent you know an excellent result 24 players uh really really happy for pete like he's just he's a real real nice guy uh, and I can't think of anyone uh, doing it better. I actually won Top Ogre at one of my events very recently, actually. Uh, so I'm not surprised to see him uh, then go in 5-0, which might be his first one at the weekend. Uh, and like Greg is saying in the chat, Greg, uh, a member of Team Wales and one of my favorite people, Incarnate with plus three piling is pretty tasty from a drop of the red stuff. Uh, so... There's a little bit of a, a little bit of a trick there. Uh, maybe for my first one present, the chat can buy me an incarnate. <laughs> that would be true. Oh, thank you to Grave Rocks in the chat for donating ten pounds to the show. It's not a lot, but I'll get you in a night in a rubbish Airbnb when Games Workshop come for you. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much, Grave Fox. Appreciate it. All right, great. So that's our first five zero of the day. Uh, loads more to look at, uh, and then we'll jump into the four ones. Right, okay, let's look at the 4-1 bracket. Skaven doing pretty well on this, uh, and Daughters of Cain. 
So you've got Baz. Uh, now, Baz has put in loads of work over the past year or year and a half uh, since, obviously, restrictions and stuff lifted up. He's been playing a lot of Daughters of Cain and has been doing incredibly well with his Daughters of Cain all over. Um, it was one of kind of my key takeaways, especially from the event that I was at at the weekend, that we just have a lot of up-and-coming young players um, around the, the country. Um, and it's going to be a ferocious a ferocious tournament series uh, over the next year or so in the Age of Sigmar. And that doesn't mean they're very competitive or hyper-competitive. They're all very fair on the tabletop. It's excellent play. Some of these people who I'm seeing, like Greg and Phil and Baz, um, are all just like... Like, P, like they're all just picking up and they're like, you know what, I'm going to play. And they're playing at a great level and winning events. And like, and it's and it's really great to see the entire community's like skill level lifted up uh, and it's still being a great group of people. So he was running uh, Marathi and the Bow Snakes uh, with some Shadow Stonkers and some Heart Renders. Don't really need to explain it too much, uh, but uh, Baz has been putting those reps in and deserves uh, all the prize he gets. Uh, yeah, so Baz in the chat, 36 events in 2022. Uh, six two-dayers in nine weeks. There we go. There's the reps. And I think that's good. That's, like, healthy. Like, this is his hobby, the thing that he enjoys. He likes going to events. Baz has been to my events. I've been to events where Baz is. It's a great source of energy and love in the room. That's what you want, yeah? Uh, so, next up, Thomas Wainwright, also from the Warrior Lodge, running Skaven Tide. It's pretty fun. We've started to see Skaven Tide start to really take shape as a book over the past month or so. Um, there's been a bunch of different people trying some different stuff. When I was at Alliance Opens, we saw a bunch of the different French players all running kind of like a double six skate, uh, double six Stormfiend list to see if that had any legs. Um, we've seen Thankwall a lot, which is really nice because he's the faction leader, but I haven't seen anyone really describe Thankwall as being oppressive, which I think is also really good as well. Um, so it feels like it's kind of in a sweet spot because I also haven't seen many of these go like, there hasn't been consistent 5-0s, but we've seen lots of 4-1s and then also some dropped-off results as well. Um, Vermilord Deceiver is definitely one of those things that we've seen a lot of, though. Um, and that's because it's got its own innate ability to deep strike via a spell uh, called Skitter Leap. And it can do it within 6 inches. Uh, so it's got a real opportunity to, like, do some serious harm in combat. Then it's got the Devious Adversary and the Shadow Magnet Trinket. One of them makes you always strikes first. And then the other one adds, like, plus 2 attacks to each of your... Uh, melee profiles so it can become and he's got the spell flaming weapon so you can make one of those weapons have plus one damage so you're really getting a kind of like combo of this kind of like very effective very transportable mobile um like um, duelist piece that's going to do some really solid work um in there thankwall obviously with its ability to cast really high is really good bombardier with more and more warp power and some long-range threats two lots of 20 clan rats kind of perfect in some ways like skaven have really got this great opportunity from their book that so few pe so many other armies would love a block of 20 infantry especially on 25 mil bases that they can use as screens so screening is Fairly hard, I'm going to say, in Age of Sigmar, because of, uh, three, because of coher coherency rules. Sorry, I'm not very well. Because of coherency rules and other things. So a lot of people, I think, would be, like, very excited to be able to have, like, two blocks of 20 clan rats, right? Like, most books, if you say, hey, do you want 100 points for 20 random bodies? I think most people would be like, yes, I'll take that. Uh, six Storm Fiends. Great at range, uh, doing some real uh, solid output. Uh, and even if you get in a fight, those shot gauntlets, two of them are armed with shot gauntlets, uh, do some really solid work. I talked about this a little bit already, but Giselles or Warp Lightning Cannons really give that long-range threat. I always describe this as keeping uh, an army honest. Um, I, I always like there being something long-range. Basically, what you always want is you want the ability to reach out and touch your opponent. <laughs> First turn. 
<laughs> with your army to their army. You want to touch their army with your army, not them with you. That's what I mean. But those Giseos and also uh, the Storm Fiends or some of the Endless Spells give you the opportunity to do so. Otherwise, you end up in this kind of like weird mid-board state where you're not necessarily threatening them on the first term. Um, one of those units that kind of does that is OBR, as an example. Like, they generally are a mid-board threat army, or Zinch. Um, but they do have options. Uh, so yeah, Giselles, great, great. They're, they're just they're just budget rap versions of uh, Vanguard Raptors with long strikes. And then you got Laquin, the Soul Seeker, for the for the scoot and toot, the uh, the um, uh, the Thankwall. I do wonder how much this is going to change. That has to change the move after the move after you cast a spell with the boat has to be a, something that changes in the upcoming Battle Scroll update. We'll see. Either way, currently for 30 points, it's amazing. And then Ravenex Nation Jaws for a bunch of different power. Uh, so let's just uh, double that up with the other Skaven list. The Thankwall featuring again. This time, we don't have the Skitter Leaping, uh, Vermin Lord Deceiver, Engineer, and a Bombardier. Then Clan Rats. Again, our six Storm Fiends. Two lots of Warp Lightning Cannons. Rattling Gun. Warp Grinder. Giant Rats. The Warp Grinder does mean that he can pop up the unit of Storm Fiends. But that happens at the end of the movement phase, which means you wouldn't be applying more and more Warp Power, which is kind of the combo that you do in this army. So it's kind of an interesting take. Uh, and then you've got on the Soul Seeker again. So um, uh, a Surfer Beach dude. Okay, yeah. Without the move after, it's kind of useless. It's not useless. It's just its utility is probably worth 30 points, which is to move a wizard pretty far. That's pretty good for 30 points to move a monster combat wizard. And then he can move after. So as in you aren't deep striking outside of nine. It's pretty massive. If we look at some of the armies, in order to get the ability to uh, get within nine inches via a teleport, uh, if we look at Sylvaneth, you have to play for the Swipe Swarm Hive, a wizard to cast it, then also maybe a Battle Mage of Gur from Cities of Sigmar. So you're paying, paying well over, uh, like well over a hundred points, maybe pushing, including the wizard you're getting to cast, although you're taking that anyway, you're looking more towards 200, 300 points. Um, and that's just for a six-inch rollable, which some people can charge, fail. Uh, sorry, some people can fail, can't they, Simon? So there we go. Um, they'll drop the requirement to stay outside of nine and drop the move, uh, keep the points the same. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, excellent work there from Thomas Wainwright. And then another Daughters of Cain list, uh, an Iron Scale, Marathi, uh, two out of ten witch elves, and then fifteen blood sisters. So these are the fighty snakes, and this is with a Cronspine incarnate of Gur. This is kind of one of those wombo combos which we've talked about a lot over the past few weeks. Um, it's not particularly new, but in the incarnate plus Marathi is obviously devastating in that neither of those two power pieces are a thousand points of an army that just can't die. So you can eat it, and in fact may well not beat it because of the eating, basically. Um, <laughs> so that's everything uh that's everyone in the 4-1 at leidis games the ice games is in leeds uh the people that run that super nice super lovely uh go check them out same as elysium war games which might not be too far from there all my geography is terrible uh but yeah go check them out i'm sure it's a lovely time so for the next event we're going to go over to norway uh, the 2d6 gaming club uh have had an event called oslo hammer i think we had 24 attendees at this event uh, and it was won by Gear Videld of the Norwegian AOS team. Gear has played at the TSN Top 16 event here in the UK. Uh, a phenomenal gamer and just a super, super lovely guy. He's running Seraphon Fangs of Sotek uh, with uh, Lord Croak, an Ashloth Banabara, Skink Priest, Star Priest, 
And then uh, 30 skinks and 3 lots of 10 skinks, 4 source guard and 2 lots of 2 salamanders with chronomantic cogs for reroll cast and the horror gas for no inspiring presence and and D3 additional runaway. Okay, so there's not much to say about this. I haven't said about this list a thousand times, but I'll say it again. Croak with all the casts, uh, Rain of Stars, and then Skinks have got an ability because they're in Fangs of Sotek. Forget plus three move turn one. Uh, and so that makes them movement 11, and they shoot 18 to 16 inches. So it's like 27 inch threat range on all their shots. And they can do uh, mortal wounds on sixes to wound from the 60 shots that are coming from the Skinks with the Bolt Spitters. Um, uh, so yeah. Really, 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 really solid. Uh, Hand of Glory, if we roll once they hit on different units, pop, 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 or do it on uh, a load of different units. Salamanders, it's particularly good on, as an example, because they hit on threes, you can make them hit on twos. Uh, those two salamanders, still uh, amazing output. If you ever bother to put the salamanders into like a, a damage profile calculator, um, insane stuff. Uh, yeah, just really solid, and unfortunately, uh, and like one of the best or one of, if not the better list available in Age of Sigmar at the moment and then handed to one of the best players around the world you're going to just have a terrible time facing that every time <laughs> I'm not going to lie <laughs> the man's a savage on the tabletop and continue to do so uh, right so Eric Sora uh, apologies if I got that wrong um, Eric was running Daughters of Cain, Calibron, uh, and he was running a Melisite Iron Scale, uh, Marathi, and the Bow Snakes, two lots of Shadow Stalkers, and then an allied in unit of 20 Phoenix Guard. So Phoenix Guard have got one wound each, but they're on a four up save and a four up ward save, so very tanky. And the, the real cute trick here is the command trait Zealous Orator, which is a Daughters of Cain command trait, allows uh, friendly, friendly units when they issue a rally, so it's friendly, not Daughters of Cain units, to issue the rally on a four up um so that means that like you get a four up rally on the phoenix guard basically which is just pretty 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 crazy uh because they're already so survivable um and they're a great great tarpit anvil unit that you can use to defend your bloodstalkers who are going to shoot 24 inches <coughs> sorry chat not very well um uh and then uh we had in um, uh, we had uh, so that was Eric Sora uh, no that wasn't Eric sorry Eric was running that was Lassie Kalberg <coughs> Eric was running Nighthorn so that was Lassie uh, Eric was running Nighthorn and his Nighthorn list was a Guardian of Souls a Cruel Executor in Scarlet Doom and Spirit Torment then 30 20 uh, Blade Geist Revenants don't forget they do mortal wounds when they charge 5 Hex Wraiths 3 Spirit Hosts 10 Dreadside Haradins. The Haradins and the 30 Blade Geists were all in Bounty Hunters. Two lots of three Felbats, which we're thinking, me and the chat are generally thinking, were used to stop Unleash Hells. Uh, Nighthorn, particularly susceptible to things like Reaver or Blissbarb Archer shooting, where it's a weight of dice. Also really weak, I think, at the moment, potentially, to Bone Splitters. I think the, the, the high win rate on Bone Splitters at the minute is actually because uh, they play super well into Nighthorn. Um... And then the purple sun, um, and then the purple sun in that, that list as well, which I think is uh, very cool. So yeah, just four up armor saves that are unrendable. Uh, you can give units five up ward either through discorporate or through the casting spell minus one damage from the cruel gas cruciator. They're they're the reason that Age of Sigmar is currently a melee game. I think a lot of people think, uh, even though there's still some very good shooting armies out there. Uh, we've talked about um, the Daughters of Cain army, and then Jan Hovik. I'm sure I nailed that. I 
think I nailed that, with Stormcast Eternals. Uh, so Yan was running a Night Judicate with Griffhounds, a Lord Relictor with the Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome, uh, and then a Slan who he allied in with the universal spell Flaming Weapons. Uh, I'm not sure you can take Flaming Weapons on an allied in character, but that's fine. Then uh, four Dracothian Guard Forminators, four Dracothian Guard Tempesters, two units of five Liberators, and then a Stormtrike Chariot and the Everblaze Comet. So the Everblaze Comet is going to be cast by the Slan, uh, because the Slan gets plus one to cast and can unbind board wide. Uh, so the slan can like unbind it and cast it, and it's set up at 33 inches and affects every unit within 10 inches. I ran this this weekend with the rest of the Rain of Stars crew. It's not the first time people have been putting the allied slan in with the comet. It's been something that's been happening for a while. Uh, shout out to Dom. Loads of people around the world have been doing this. It's a really fun little trick. Um, uh, slan's great for unbinding. Slan, br bringing the slan into the, uh, the Stormcast army gives you some real great opportunity to shut down enemy magic, um, which you really don't have as an army, right? Um, yeah, 265 for a slam or 275 for a Gaunt Summoner. Yeah, more on that later. Uh, Night Duke has got some great range for shooting. Lord Relict has got uh, Translocate, so it can teleport a unit. And ultimately, Formulators are one of, if not the punchiest unit in Age of Sigmar. Their damage output is just truly gross and insane. Uh, Tempesters have got a shooting attack, uh, very much like the Bolt Storm crossbows that we saw uh, being used a lot very recently, especially by Dennis the Menace. So, 15 shots. Oh, this is going to be 12 shots. Hits on threes, but any hits generate two wound dice. So obviously you can give them all out attack. So you're going to have 12 shots. And if you roll any twos, each of those is going to double up into your wound dice. So you're going to get like 20 wound dice that wound on threes, rend one, damage one. So that's quite nice. Stormtrike Chariot does great damage. Like, really good. Stormtrike Chariot is really great at 165 points. Like, value town all day long. Um, Yeah. So that's the event uh, in Norway. Uh, if you get the opportunity to go and hang out with any of them, I've had the pleasure to do so. Wonderful people. And there we go. Okay, so our next event isn't a two-dayer. It's a one-dayer. But it gives us a great opportunity to shout out one of the smaller communities that's around the world. If you do happen to be from one of the smaller communities that can't necessarily generate enough people for a two-dayer, please do let us know uh, that you're having like a little one-dayer like Guy has done in the chat. Um, uh, we ha There's an event in uh, Israel, and this was being held in Timorim. Uh, and they had nine players. Uh, one unfortunately dropped out, uh, but they managed to get like ten players together playing Age of Sigmar. And Dotin Shani uh, won the event, and he was running Sylvaneth, a Lariel, a Warsong Revenant, Arch Revenant, some Tree Revs, a Dryad, uh, some Purple Suns, uh, a Purple Sun, and then three Kurnoth Hunters with Great Bows, and then some Allied in Black Art Corsairs. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Okay, well, I hope to see the community grow and expand there, like I hope to see the community grow and expand everywhere in the world. So uh, do shout us out uh, if you do have one of those smaller communities and where your events are taking place, because I'd love to know about them. The next event we're looking at is in Australia. International is Age of Sigma, which is fantastic. And this international, well, this event in Australia is called Moab. Moab. There are many, um, there are many kind of like, comments in the chat about what this may well stand for we do think it's mother of all battles but someone thought it might be mother of all boobs which doesn't really make any sense because is it the mother of boobs or is it the biggest boob ever so i think it's battles the mother of all battles uh okay so we had 48 players playing at the mother of all battles in uh 2022 uh, and it was won by Joel Graham, shout out to Joel, uh, and Terence Voller came in second place, but both of these two players went 
5-0. Joel and Terence, but Joel specifically, has been performing incredibly well through most of Age of Sigma. Like, it's undeniable. And he's done it with an... I think this might be our first Eidneth Deepkin 5-0, or it might be one of the very few Eidneth Deepkin 5-0s that we've had in this battle plaque. Um, I think there might have... We've had one before, but... Just excellent work by Joel there. Uh, so just to tell you what's in his list, he's got uh, the Slap King, or the Achillean King, uh, who's got Unstoppable Fury, Command Trait, and then Mound Trait, Void Chill Darkness. Uh, Unstoppable Fury is basically plus two attacks to every melee profile for like every enemy unit within, I think it's three inches or something. So you just kind of unleash it um, like by yeeting him into like a variety of different, and he moves 16, he can run and charge, like there's a bunch of different stuff, like depending on the tide. Then Void Chill Darkness is like a minus one to hit, or minus one to wound. I think it's minus one to hit, bubble around him, but it might be minus one to wound, um, bubble around him from the, the mount. Um, so just really outputy, not that survivable, and like really susceptible to just getting yeeted off the board with some shooting or some mortal wounds, but he moves, he's so far away, um, like even a even a even a cheeky charge into a uh, a more crusher can end up with a more crusher just stomping him to death, which can be something that occurs. So you got to be you got to be fairly like 250 points. He's definitely brilliant, the Achillean King, but he brings some real utility. He's kind of like um he's just he, he's he's just like a bunker buster. He like goes in and he's like I'm definitely gonna smash this thing to pieces. Uh, and then you got the Eidolon Mathal on the sea, um with the arcane terms. This is the wizard Eidolon. Uh, and then uh, he's got the Arcane Tome, making him a three-cast wizard. Um, and then he's got Steed of Tides, but it's it's bound to the Incarnate, making him very reliable to cast a spell, specifically the Minus Armor Save spell, which is going to tie in really nicely with his un two units of ten Reavers. Which means he's got 40 shots. Um, uh, 40 shots, which could be up to like... Uh, well, no, he's not actually not... And sorry, that only works on combat. So it'll be the Morsar Guard that benefit from that. Apologies. Uh, it only works in combat. So uh, be able to reduce your save. And then all of the attacks on the Morsar Guard should be able to lift something that's pretty uh, tough. Uh, yeah, 20 shots from each review unit. 40 shots in the list at Rend 1. Uh, some Alep An Alepex with a net launcher to like make stuff can't pile in. And then the Incarnate. And the Incarnate uh, is all to say. And then um, Terence, Vola. Three Gatebreaker Mega Gargants. And an incarnate. Three giant lads with maces ready to crush all before them and stand on objectives aggressively while an incarnate, incarnate runs around and fights stuff. So congratulations to both of those two player ones. Okay, if we look at the 4-1 bracket for Moab, mother of all big battles full of not boobs. Uh, we had Tom Oliver with a Maggot King of Nurgle. He was running Pushkar Blight Lords. He was running Fighty Orgot's Demon Spew, which is the Magoth Lord. And he was also running uh, Bellacor, Bellacor uh, for shutting down your opponent. Still maybe one of the best, one of the best allies to ally in ever. Uh, I don't know. Like, he's just so good. Bellacor at 400 points is just amazing, uh, especially in a Nurgle list, which wants to deny how much output that you put into your army. It's a very slow ramp list. It's an attrition army. So, yeah, great work, great work from Tom. Austin had a really sweet beast, uh, uh, sorry, big war list. He has 
an Uruk War Chanter with a Master of Magic and Arcane Tome, a Breaker Boss on Marbrook Trogoth with a Mount Trait Fast and Meansy Double Move, 16-inch Threat Range on genuinely one of the best duelist units that you can get for 180 points. Just really solid, really, really good stuff. And then he's got a Mega Boss on Foot with Destroyer, another great duelist unit, especially at 140 points. A War Chanter, a Swamp Caller Shaman with a Pockrot, and then a Wurgog Prophet with a Glowing Tattoos. Okay, um... And then he's got five hard boys, five hard boys, five brutes. Then he's got Iron Skulls boys. Then six Manskewer Bolt boys, three Gorgrunters, three Gorgrunters, and Savage Boar Boy Maniacs. And then Ravenax Gnashing Jaws. This is like a collection of different rules overlapping into each other just to be really good. You can missile off one of the unit of Gorgrunters so they can charge forward uh, with plus one hit and do a bunch of additional damage. He's also got Expert Conquerors and Bounty Hunters. I'm seeing this a lot actually at the minute in list writing. I still think Battle Reg and One Drops always kind of outpick this, but I can definitely see the headache that being several drops causes for your opponent. It's like, look, I've got three units of 10, which you don't care about, or three units of five or whatever, don't care about, but they're going to count as three per model on an objective because I'm running Expert Conquerors. And you're not really worried about those because that you've got the other units, which are your Bounty Hunter units. So in this case, our Bounty Hunters are... Three uh, are Savage Boar Boy Maniacs, which is a load of attacks. Three Gore Grunters and another three Gore Grunters. So those are our um, units, whereas our units of five Uruk are Brutes. Sorry, Ard Boys, and then a unit of Brutes are all counting as three on an objective. I've seen this quite a lot at the minute, and actually it really creates some like really fun on-table mechanics where you're having to be a lot more conscious of the unmatched. Like you see a unit in front of you, like oh, it's only five. You're, you're so used to just knowing that the unit you have on the objective is going to outscore the five in front of you. But when it moves, you're like, oh, actually, that's going to be 15. You've got some really nice stuff happening, which I really enjoy. Um, uh, yeah, really, really good. Yeah, big fan. Uh, so, yeah, great work. On, and then you've got the... the also, I've got some interesting things to say about Cruel Boys. I played a guy called Carson at the weekend with Cruel Boys. And they just are very outputty. They've got some, like, they just need some survivability. That's all they need. But their output is prodigious. Like, really, really good. Uh, okay, so next up, uh, Jake Gunning. Uh, shout out to Jake. Running Flesh Eater Courts. So, again, Flesh Eater Courts, um, generally one of those armies that isn't doing overly well. But. Um, we're seeing quite a few different kind of like uh, builds like this. So uh, we've got an Abhorrent Art Regent, another Abhorrent Ghoul King, uh, and then you've got Abhorrent Ghoul King on Royal Terrorgeist, two lots of 10 Crypt Ghouls, two lots of 6 Crypt Horrors, and the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, Purple Sun, and Cogs. Now that Purple Sun is kind of very important in this army, because generally Rend is something that's not very common, um, for this army, but it gives even the Crypt Ghouls who've got three attacks each, and if you put the... Um, uh, the Abhorrent Art Regent spell on them for an additional plus D3 attacks. Those Crypt Ghouls who, because they're in Bounty Hunters, not Bounty Hunters, because they're Galician veterans, they can fight from maybe three ranks because they're on 25 mil basis. So you can do a phenomenal amount of output, but you still know have no Rend. So it's quite nice to have a little bit of Rend from Purple Sun, in, in my personal opinion. One of the things that's always, always kept Flesh Eater Courts down is the ability to not cast spells particularly well. Um, which is why sometimes you used to put see a corpse cart put in. This is before the new sort of like Grave Lords book because it gave you plus one to cast. So these cogs are very important because it makes the Arc region even better. It makes the um, 
the abhorrent gawking better and it makes the abhorrent gawking on royal terror guys better because that means you've got a, you've got you're more likely to get that five up ward and also that run and charge on the abhorrent gawking on royal terror geist uh, which does amazing output thanks to the mount trait gruesome bite uh, and the ability to just stack a bunch of buffs on so um like it's just just really like the chronomantic cogs i think is one of those things that's really affected this army in a load of ways uh those crypt horrors uh two units of six for 220 points pretty good value not gonna lie it's pretty good uh so i think uh, i think this is a real interesting list i really really do and uh and again being piloted to 4-1 by jake should be super chuffed with that uh sean with his magic and nurgle i know i know i'm saying nurgle again but it's slightly different slimux and a rock bringing sorcerer uh, with arcane tome, but not the master of magic. Uh, and cut rot spume. They're three beasts of Nurgle and two beasts, two one beasts of Nurgle. Three plague drones, six plague drones, and then twenty rotmire creed with the horogast. Uh, Games Workshop have recently FAQ'd the rotmire creed's ability to do additional disease points, so I won't bother going through that. But if you were planning on listening to, uh, or if you were planning on using Rotmire Creed because you'd heard some other creators or you'd read something online that said you could use it to stack a bunch of disease points. That's changed now in a kind of shadow FAQ that happened. There's nothing stealthy about it. Just sometimes they don't really announce that they've changed something. So it has had a change. Please don't go check that out. It'll be on the Games Workshop website somewhere. Who knows where? I'll try and find In fact, I'll definitely find the link and I'll include it in the show notes so you people know. And he's got the Horogast. The Horogast combos super nicely uh, with the Beast of Nurgle and also the Rockbringer Sorcerer because the Rockbringer Sorcerer means uh, that you, on their War Scroll, you can apply disease points via cast this spell they cast. And then finally, yeah, the Did You Know That I Can Grill You The Best Barbecue Bun You've Ever Had uh, in seventh place, Blake McLachlan. Uh, was running a corn list with a Bloodthirster from Infected Rage, a Bloodthirster from Incensor Rage, Scarbrand, a Slaughter Priest, and a Blood Scrater. Three lots of ten, no, two lots of ten Blood Reavers, Flesh Hounds, and the Crunchbine Incarnate Girl with the Wrathmongers. So very much like um, we've said with most of these lists, uh, thanks Russ, by the way, uh, like we said with most of these lists, one of the things that's really telling about uh, these corn lists that have been doing really, really well is they basically just making it Scarbrand fights. Everything else is kind of like flavor text. They're just like, yeah, sure, here's this guy, here's this other guy, here's this unit, here's an incarnate even. But what they're really looking to do is just push a buffed up Scarbrand. So he's near a Blood Creator for plus one, um, uh, yeah, plus one attack. He's near the Wrathmongers for plus one attack. So he's got plus three attacks. Then he just destroys the earth. That's what it's really all about that's how it plays and it's actually really interesting they've got loads of loads of uh blood tie to kind of orientate a bunch of different stuff now to create that interaction yeah um and i really like that and like owen saying the incarnate gives uh scarbrand time to fight and get in like it's what it does it slows the tempo maybe of like some of the alpha armies um so yeah uh, really great, really great, and we've seen that theme played a lot, basically. Uh, so shout out to everyone at Moab. Uh, hope you had a great time. Uh, shout out to everyone in Australia. Love you tons. And uh, yeah, on to the next. For our next event, we're going over to Huntsville in Alabama, in the United States of America. We had 14 players battling it out, uh, and our winner was Mike McAbby, who is currently in the chat, uh, and he was uh, doing a bit of a uh, hipster thing. 
which was seen done a lot recently, mainly by Lex over in the Netherlands, where the Dutch live. Um, and this is uh, running a bunch of uh, Night Haunt. So Night Haunt, he went five over Night Haunt, and he was using the Quicksilver Dead. So this is a sub-faction where um, you get Haradins as battle line, but also you can't take ward saves against it, which is like a really nice, really nice play into Silver, no, sorry, into Night Haunt Mirrors, but also into Nurgle, which we see a lot of them in it, right? Um, Cruel Gas Cruciator, um, obviously for that minus one um, a damage reduction in an aura. Kurdos, Lady Alinda, Spirit Torment, Cruel Gas Cruciator, then a Spirit Torment. Then 20 Dread Scythe Haridans, 20 Dread Scythe Haridans, and then 20 Chain Rasps. So they're going to be Galician Veterans, which means they obviously get to fight within an inch of an inch. And then you've got four attacks per one. So that unit of 20 Haradins has got 80 attacks. 8-0, right? Let's go. Yeah, and then there's like you've with uh, with the Haradins uh, as well. You've got the ability to add plus one, plus one to the Haradins. We, um, let me just go bring up the Haradin War Scroll so you can all see uh, for a mo moment. So yeah, so they they're four attacks each, fours and fours, no rend damage one. Um, but you subtract one from the wound rolls against them when they make a charge, which is massive. And then you add one to hit and wound rolls to attacks made by melee weapons by this unit if it's within six inches of an enemy model that have any wounds allocated to it or them if it's within six inches of any units that have any models slain in that turn, right? So um, so what you're able to do is you're able to go to threes and threes uh, on 80 attacks and don't forget when Nighthorn charge they can reduce the save of your opponent down um, because depending on what the charge roll is so basically you get to apply a debuff so you could have it so you definitely get no warmed saves well that's, that's guaranteed yeah then you can have it so these guys are going to be doing a phenomenal amount of weight of dice and then you can have it so that you don't have much of an armor save so these things will just rip uh through a bunch of stuff um uh, and uh, but Phil Spriggers saying the answer to that, of course, is Lumeth Cow Mountains. Uh, LGT twenty Haradins had eighty attacks uh, in Avalonor, and he took one damage, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, the one thing uh, that's been talked about by uh, Punker, who's was playing this, so he's in the chat, uh, was saying that he doesn't really tend to build a lot of a castle build in his. Like, he doesn't run a lot of MSU to reduce those saves. Instead, he builds more of a castle build, which is really good if you can rain the stars into it. Unless no one actually plays it at the event you're attending, which is the worst. Uh, he's also got Kurdos Valentin, Lady Alinda, Spirit Torment, Cruel Gas Cruciator, and Spirit Torment. So he's going to be able to put uh, models back into these units. So three at the end of each combat phase, which is really good. Alinda's going to be able to once per battle bring D6 back into each unit as well as they slowly get whittled down. He's also got the Emerald Life Swarm, so for returning them. So he is fairly body light uh, in this army, and he's recognized that. So he's got the ability to bring those units back with Light sw Life Swarm, uh, Spirit Torments, uh, and also Lady Alinda. Then he's also got some great combat output in Valentine, Kurdos Valentine, the Craven King. So yeah, just a really, really cool list. If it wasn't that I know that um, there's a there's a really great Sylvaneth list coming up. This might be pick for pick of the week, especially because it's just a little bit different. Uh, those Dreadside Haradins, uh, so really like that. Also really fun into some of the other like problem armies that are out there. Bone Split is a good example. Uh, when they're when they're dropping 190 wounds on the board, uh, these Dreadside Haradins are going to be able to chew them up. But then interestingly, there's probably enough dice coming back from those uh, silly green Uruks that maybe these guys go down, which is quite fun as well. So I really like that. Okay, so in his first ever 4-1, one, 
maybe. Uh, Austin uh, was able to go for one flesh eater courts. This is great for flesh eater courts. Another little result on the board. Really happy for them as an army. He's got an abhorrent gulking royal terrorgeist, um, and he has two of those. He's then got two abhorrent arc regents, a royal terrorgeist, 20 crit goals, and 10 crit goals with a chalice of Usharan. So that's going to be whenever he does damage. Um, uh, near the chalice, it fills up and it heals these guys around. So maybe in a combat meta, these are particularly good. Um, but ultimately, yeah, just super happy for Fletch, and I'm really happy he's been getting the reps in uh, to do really well with his list. Okay, all right. So our next event is the Duck Stravaganza, and I don't really take the time to talk about this, but sometimes event art's a bit like you know what I'm saying. But let's talk about this fine duck. Uh, <laughs> the Knights of the Pond Duck Stravaganza GT. Absolutely. We need a couple of more animal mascots in Age of Sigmar for some of the teams. A lot of the teams have got, like, you know, they've got some cool logos or whatever, but don't mind a good animal uh, mascot. So there we go. So the Duck Stravaganza. Definitely the only and best duck in Age of Sigmar. Okay, so there were 31 players at this event, and... Our winner was Mike Vaginos. Absolutely massive fan of this guy. He's an absolute treasure. Uh, he was playing in Bone Splitters and he was running them in Drakfoot. So, Bone Splitters um, uh, have got, like, the important part is there's no ward saves with this army. He's got a Savage Big Boss, a Wurgog Prophet uh, with the glowing tattoos, which means he gets a four up ward. And in the war, it goes up to a two up ward in or maybe only in melee, but either way, makes him very survivable. Another Wurgog Prophet, and those two Wurgog Prophets' jobs are to do the Care Bear Stare. So they just to do, they do D3 Mortal Wounds on a 3-up. If you don't roll a 3-up, you take D3 Mortal Wounds, but obviously then you end up with a ward save, so then you ward save your own Mortal Wounds, and then if you want to, you can elect to keep rolling the dice, and you keep doing Mortal Wounds, or you keep taking Mortal Wounds, you either murder them with your eyes, or you die to your eyes. Yeah, it's kind of the... Oh, I wish I remembered his name because that would have been a great joke to fire off the hip. But that actor in Con Air with the crazy eyes. You know who I'm talking about. Whatever that guy's name is. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, a duck is a mascot. That's Quackers. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, then he had two units of... Uh, sorry, three tenets, three units of ten Savage or more boys. They're 20 wounds apiece on... For 155 um, points. Pretty great. Then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 units of big stammers. And it was Steve Buscemi. Thank you. It would have been great if I'd have thought it up. But basically, the Wurgong Prophets are Steve Buscemi, effectively. Um, and the, 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 let's just take a moment. Let's take a moment to just look at the profile of the uh, the big stabbers, uh, as they say. So they got four wounds apiece, and they got a six-up armor uh, save. So they're not that survivable, and they move five inches. But because of bone splits, you get the pre-game move, so you move half the army. And then three attacks, threes and threes, rend two, damage two, and there's two inside the unit, so you end up with six attacks, threes and threes, run two, damage two. However, each time a model in this unit is slain by an attack made by a melee weapon, before the model is removed from play, you pick one enemy unit, and within three inches. If it's slain, you roll a dice, and add two if it's a monster. On a four plus, the enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. So, you can go in, murder a bunch of stuff, and then you do D3 mortal wounds, basically. Let's just say it's on a four up, which means when you've got 14 of these units um, uh, and it's each time a model is slain 
So you've basically got 28 dice or 14, like you should statistically do 14 D3 mortal wounds, which would equal 28 mortal wounds, which is pretty great. Yeah. Um, so there we go. It's Metal Watch Monday. <laughs> okay, we'll also call it that. The Age of Sigma Stat Center and also Metal Watch Monday at the same time. Um, anyway, so those are big stabbers. Uh, and then just great work. This this list, this might be the same army that's been in literally every... So it's been in Tom Long's hands. It's been in every person's hands all over the USA for the past uh, few months. Um, and loads of people have been using it. I think it was in Noah's hands for a bit. Like all sorts of people have been playing with it. Uh, so yeah, great work there from from Michael, proving it's got some real solid work. Okay, so if we take a look at the four-one bracket, we've got some pretty well-known names, uh, and we've also got some really well-known armies. So Emma uh, was running her Skaven Tide, uh, representing Wicked Dicey. So Emma was running nine Storm Fiends uh, in her list, and then was also running a Bombardier, a Warlock, and then Thankwall. Thankwall also had access to uh, the Geminids Soul Screen Bridge and Laquan the Soul Seeker, so definitely could um, uh, use the bridge to move the Storm Fiends over to bring all of that output to bear. Now, Emma only lost one game, and that was in round four against Jacob Brandon, who also went 4-1 and was also running Skaven. And in a kind of nice head-to-head -head story that's ongoing uh, in these events, Jacob previously beat Emma at another event, Summer Slaughter, in round one. And again, Skaven one-on-one. -on -one. So Emma has really got to... Like, Emma's got loads of wins uh, under her belt. Like, she doesn't need to necessarily prove herself as a gamer, but she needs to prove herself with Skaven against Jacob only. So I long may, long may that rivalry continue. I love that. Uh, Jeremy Hout was running... Um, uh, Sons of Behemoth, he was running Stomper Tribe with a Gatebreaker, a Gatebreaker, and two War Stompers. Uh, and then we had our uh, James O'Brien running Cities of Sigma, and he was running Hallowheart. James, as I said, a fellow Brit, uh, really lovely fella, uh, and works super hard on making sure his community uh, gets the most out of Age of Sigma, runs lots of events, and is a real good dude. Um, he's running Hallowheart, Celestial Prime, Battle Mage, Celestial Hurricaneum, um, uh, a sorceress and then a black art fleet master with the arcane tome but he did not he had uh did not have master of magic and instead had veteran of the blazing crusade now uh, he was also running dread spears dread spears three scourge runner chariots and then five evocators and a crunchbine incarnate of gur slack on the soul seeker and the horror ghast. so he's got like a little fighting unit in the evocators that can go inside his little boat he's got the incarnate for holding the enemy up and then he's mainly got all of his output coming from spells uh, from all of the cast at the back of the board. Let's not forget the Hurricaneum for 290 points, as well as being a wizard, is also a shooting platform that's got some real decent uh, mortal wound output at range. Uh, and then the Celestine Prime can also do additional mortal wound output at range. So it kind of works um, uh, along, like kind of like a Reign of Stars style list, in that it can do a lot of mortal wounds for a lot of different units. Also can target those mortal wounds at a very specific unit, horror gas so that you can't inspire in presence, and then additional more run away. And then he's got some he's got a unit to hold that army up, which is the Crunchbine Incarnate. So that's what slows the tempo of an aggressive forward unit. Um, in that the incarnate is going to get in the mix. And then he's got his units of screens in the Dread Spears and the Squadron of Chariots. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, like uh, great there. And then Jacob, how does he beat Emma? What does he do? Now Jacob's running maybe like 
different lists. We talked about a lot of Storm Fiends recently. So there's no Storm Fiends. Instead, he's gone more of an Eshin route. He's got a Verminor Corruptor with a Blade of Corruption and Flaming Weapons. And he's got the Plague Priest with Rabid Rabid, which is going to give him plus one attack, making that Verminor Corruptor very, very fighty. Verminor Deceiver with exact same loadout as we've talked about previously for the Skitter Leap. And then he's got two lots of 20 Clan Rats, 15 Gutter Runners, which are going to fire 45 attacks at 16-inch range. Um, that are going to do sixes are going to be a mortal wound. A warp lightning cannon, two two units of three warp light gazelles from shooting from downfield to do, again, mortal wounds at range, and then a unit of five gutter runners. So in total, he's doing... Um, he's doing a lot of mortal wounds, proccing on sixes to hit. The Giselles are doing mortal wounds. Warp Lightning Clan is doing mortal wounds. And then he's pushing forward with the Deceiver and Corruptor. But Jacob just constantly keeps, uh, keeps hitting this kind of 4-1 bracket at the moment with Skaven. But he keeps he keeps innovating. He definitely loves these gut runners. We've seen him with uh, Slink in the past in this list as well. So he keeps being fairly iterative with his Skaven list, which is lovely to see. Uh, sounds like it was a cool event, full of real great people. Uh, so if you get the opportunity to go to the Duckstravaganza, then please do. Next stop on our whistle tour around the world is Sweden for Fantasia Fanatic, held in Umeor. Uh, Umeor? 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 Something like that. In Sweden, anyway. Uh, so that would be in the north of Sweden. And it was won by a legend. Night Queen Ronya herself. Uh, Ronya, um, having pushed around Nighthorn uh, to prodigious effect, um, uh, was able, and our current TSN world champion, and the current TSN world champion, uh, I'll have you know. Uh, so a absolute legend. Uh, was running Beast of Chaos and was running a Dragon of Chaos in All Herd. Now, because Beast of Chaos is one of the older books, you have to take a command trait, an artifact when you're building your army. This is super bad. It's called uh, Attacks. We don't have it anymore in Age of Sigmar, which is great. Um, but it was uh, some old writing methodology that they had in Age of Sigmar. We don't like that, so we're glad it's gone. Um, Dragon of the Shagoth, Great Brave Shaman, and a Zangor Shaman on Beast of Chaos. There's a fun little artifact called the Tunglethorn Familiars, which is at the start of the enemy hero phase, if it's within 12 inches of a unit, uh, Dragon of the Shagoth with this, then you pick it and you say, you can't cast any spells this hero phase, which is amazing. So if you are able to uh, move that Dragon of the Shagoth anywhere near the enemy wizards, uh, then you can shut down. It's also really good for enemy units that generally play pretty aggro into you. So um, let's say a Cool King of Terror, guys, for example. That's a bad example because you rarely see it. But Marathi is a good example. Normally gets yeeted at your army, but like no spell casting for you, which I think is really good. Uh, six Dragon Ogres, 125 points for 15 wounds um, with a four up armor save. And then uh, four lots of 10 Ungor, uh, 20 Zangor uh, in Beast of Chaos. Uh, Always Savage, Great Blades. These are pre-FA, pre-FOMO box uh, Zinch. Two units of six Zangor Enlightened on disc as each. So at that point, they would have been rerolls to hit, rerolls to wound um, if they go second. And then the Ravening Dire Flock, uh, which is a really nice spell that you can nip around the board and uh, makes it you can't use Inspiring Presence, which is really, really clever. Love this. Fast and powerful. Um, just a very competent, very competent army run by someone very competent. It's kind of been the, the story of the week so far. So congratulations. Uh, to uh, to Ronya. Let's take a look at the 4-1 bracket. Okay, so Anders Gustafsson didn't do it, but I tried. Uh, was running Scarlet Doom 
Scarlet Doom, Nighthorn. So in his list, he was running Guardian Souls with a Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome, a Cruel Gas Cruciator, two lots of 20 Blade Geist Revenants, five Hex Wraiths, three Spirit Hosts, Cruel Gas Reapers, and the Cron Spine, Incarnate of Gurt. Mortal Wounds from the Charge from the Blade Geist, four up Ethereal Save. Um, uh, he's in the chat right now, uh, live at uh, uh, WFB, and he says that the Incarnate allows his army to tank um, to tank all of the damage uh, so that he gets to charge in with his big units, basically, where normally his big units would have to tank it, and sometimes they die. So this is like a way of around that, which is quite cool. Marcus Presson, uh, with his Sylvaneth Naru, was running a Lariel in the Warsong Revenant and the Spirit of Durthu with the Green Gladius. This thing, wow. He, Spirit of Durthu, unbelievable. Ten Dryads, two times five tree revenants spite swarm hive in expert conquerors um just really great stuff uh obviously alariel is going to just yeet and skeet uh using the fight and fade ability uh the warsong revenant whoa boy great spell caster casting a bunch of spells that additional plus one ren from tree song is great in the army uh it makes some of these units just so viable the tree revenants for teleporting dryads just great stuff uh, and this deep king list was being pushed forward by martin selberg uh, and very much like we saw the winner of Moab do, uh, we had an Achillean King, a Tidecaster, and the Aspect of the Sea. But he's got six more Sargard as well, 20 Reavers, although we saw Moab have two tens and some thralls. But he's traded out his Incarnate for the Ishlin Guard, so a unit of six of those, which is super cool. <coughs> Marcus Hagberg was running Seraphon Fangs of Sotek. Uh, two units of Salamanders, 30 Skinks, some Saurus Guard, your normal cast of characters, including the Slan, Nashloth, Banabera, be added a Cronspine Incarnate in, which is a nice little cheeky play. Then, our unit, are, uh, sorry, uh, Alexis Herbeck was running Stormcast Eternals, and it was all in Hammers of Sigmar. He was running a Knight Draconis as his general with the Master of Magic and the Artifact, the Arcane Tome. And then he was running uh, a unit of Two units of two Fulminators, uh, a unit of Stormdrake Guard, uh, some Liberators as well. Uh, two units of three Ether Wings, a, un a single Stormdrake Guard, and then two units of three Vanguard Raptors with Long Strike Crossbows. Um, and then we had uh, Dennis Branwal Branval, sorry, uh, with his Bone Splitters in Dragfoot again. Don't forget, no Ward saves there. Uh, he was also running a Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, two Wargogs. Prophet, so those are the, the Care Bear, Steve Buscemi, uh, Stairs, a Wardock, Savage Big Boss, two Savage Oryx, uh, two units of Savage Oryx in tens, uh, and some more Boar Boy Maniacs as well. And then he was also taking Ravenax, Gnashing Jaws, and then our last four one was Theodore Person uh, with his Soul Blight Gravelords list. He was running uh, Radicar, Belladama, so it's Radicar the Beast, Necromancer, and a Vengori Lord. Don't forget your minus one to your rend. Uh, with that Vengo Lord. It's pretty okay in a fight as well. Two units of 10 Direwolves, 20 wounds for 130 points, 135 points. Some Death Rattle Skeletons, so 20 of those. Five Blood Knights, and then 20 Grave Guard that's super slap. And then the uh, Umbral Spell Portal and the Purple Sun. So it's a really nice tech piece. Belladama doing mortal wounds, creating some dogs. Uh, all of these characters, especially the Necromancer, passing off wounds to those Direwolves, really means that you really can't affect uh, the Necromancer's ability to um, potentially do... Uh, the uh, the Van Hell's Dance Macabre spell, which is so, so important. Also got the Arcane Tome as well. Just a very cutthroat 
powerful set of lists there. Like, just some really strong stuff. I think Sweden's one of those uh, teams, don't forget they came third in Worlds. Uh, Sweden's one of those teams to really watch out for and one of those nations to watch out for coming into Worlds next year. But also, just generally, their community is just, like, really, really proactive there's some really strong characters in there there's some really strong play uh really excited to see uh some of these lists coming out from there as well uh so yeah shout out to everyone in sweet our next event is in canada we've been all around the world and this um uh this is uh 16 people playing at the gods and monsters gt uh in first place we had J jake seguin uh, who's running Cities of Sigma? He had Anointed on Frostheart Phoenix, a Blackheart Fleetmaster, then 30 Free Guild Crossbowmen, uh, some Dreadspears and Free Guild Guarders like Tens, then four Dracothian Guard Tempesters, and then a Cronspine Incarnate of Kerr with Cecil Hurricaneum and Ravenax, uh, Gnashing Jaws. Um, uh, and then we have a Zinch list uh, that was being run by Kevin Wardrop, but it's an old Zinch list, so because the new book's out now, so. Uh, we'll talk about that another day. Yuri, uh, oh no, Yuri Shishvana. Uh, this is one of the Bulldog Hammer boys. They've got a YouTube channel if you want to go check it out. Uh, was running his Nighthaunt Scarlet Doom, uh, which was uh, Lady Alinda, Spirit Torment, and then four units of 20 Blake Ice Revenants with some Spirit Hosts. And then finally, we had Mark Polinski with Ineth Deepkin, and he was running all Achillean Alapexes. Uh, the Slap King, obviously, Lotan, an Eilon Aspect of the Sea, and then he had a unit of two Alapexes, and then one, two, three uh, Alapexes, and then another two unit of Alapexes for a total of seven Alapexes. Don't forget, each Alapex has got four shots at 24 inches doing D3 damage. Uh, so it's a lot of shooting, more of a shooting army. Thank you to Will in the chat for subscribing for the first time. Uh, and he also had a cheeky Duralia Vendensed. So a uh, pretty cool list. Uh, Canadian events are always super fun. I uh, hope to see more and bigger in the future. Our next event, we fly over to Australia and we're going to Tassie. We're going to check out them Tasmanians. And this is in Hobart. Uh, so this event in Hobart uh, was called the, the HHOGT. Um, I think it was the Hobart Hotel original GT. Anyway, it had 27 players in Australia. It was won by Luke Stone, uh, who ended up um, uh, running Marathi, oh, sorry, uh, Daughters of Cain. And we see Marathi's in the list with the High Gladiatrix. We talked about the High Gladiatrix before, plus one um, on those Witch Elves. So those Witch Elves are turning into like a Blender unit. Another unit of double Witch Elves here. Uh, and then a unit of 10 Doomfire Warlocks, which is truly crazy i've not seen this before uh, and luke who's currently in the chat says bounty hunters can get four attacks with damage three each so as you can see they are in the bounty hunters battalion um along with that unit of 20 witch elves so two blender units he's also uh, included the cronspine incarnate of gur and the purple sun so we used to talk about marathi and the bow snakes definitely true that marathi and the incarnate is kind of the double team now it's kind of like Marathi broke up with the Bow Snakes band and then got back to got back with some other kind of superstar and now they form their own power duo. Kind of like a meatloaf situation, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know if that's accurate, but uh, Hobart Hammer. Okay, so it's Hobart Hammer. So uh, there were no five O's, but there were five four ones from this event. So congratulations, Luke. Sounds like a super cool. Super cool little list. Those 10 Doomfire Warlocks, definitely up there for a cool list right now. This is the Sunny and Share list. Uh, that's what we've got now. In second place, another 4-1. We've got Gwilym van, der Bosch, uh, van den Bosch. Let's, let's go for that. Uh, he's running Iron Shores Blood 2s. Blood 2s will make uh, the um, 
make the Gorgrunters battle line. He's got Mega Boss and Crusher uh, with the Fasten Mount Trey Artifact Destroyer. He's got two Uruk War Chanters and six Gorgrunters. Um, two, uh, a unit of 10 Ard Boys, another unit of 10 Ard Boys, and then five Brutes. And the Rogue Idol all in a battle regiment. Super punchy, super powerful, really strong. Like just loads of output. Uh, it's just a great list, and will continue to be a great list. I absolutely love the Iron Jaws list at the minute. Like, <coughs> just really strong, really good. In second place, in second place, uh, Ethan, who's only been playing since August with his Silverneth army. Uh, he has it was in Naru, and he had a Warsong Revenant with Spell Ringer, uh, Spell Ringer, <laughs> Spell Singer, Tree Lord Ancient, and then the Arch Revenant. He had ten Triads, two units of five Tree Revenants, six Colonel Hunters with Great Swords. Which is, again, very interesting pick. I've always been a scythe guy myself. He allied in three Vanguard Raptors with long strike crossbows. And then he has the Horogast, the Spite Swarm Hive, and the Vengeful Skull Root all in a battle regiment. And in the chat, he's telling me, so the combo is uh, that the Skull Root and the Horogast make 2d3 extra flee when they fail a battle shock test and he's able to apply that damage with those long strikes at range in conjunction with the mortal wounds that he come in from the warsong revenant amazing little combo love that he's listened to the, oh i hope he's listened to the show and he's and he's uh, been procking that horogast uh, run bubble horogast best spell best spell so good uh, super happy for him especially since playing since august that's amazing stuff well done the final list that we can look at from the Hobart GT uh, was uh, run by Kane. He's running Guard of Steel Soul, 5-up Ward around in his Hallowed Knights army. Lord Relictor with a Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome. Uh, and then he had three units of five Liberators and two units of four Stormdrake Guard in a battle regiment. Um, which is amazing. Uh, like, you know, like just superpower all the time. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say, like just a Master of Magic and Arcane Tome combo in there as well. You know, those Stormdrake Guard are on a 3-up armor save. Mystic Shield works so well on those 3-up armor saves, right? Because they're 36 wounds and just one Mystic Shield or all-out defense takes you to a 2-up. It's just so potent, so potent. Units are big 4 as well, really useful if you get down to 1. And then you can just, um, you can always just rally them, which I just think is great. Like, just good stuff. Like it. And they've got five up ward near Guard of Steel Soul. So they basically become Nurgle Flies uh, with a better armor save, uh, effectively. Uh, yeah, and then finally, we got a shout out for Felix Hingston, was our people's champ of Wooden Spoon. He's 12 or 13 or something and kicked ass. Hey, shout out to Felix Hingston in the chat. Super proud of you. There are people, Felix, who travel across the world playing International Warhammer, and they're all rooting for you. If you're only 12 or 13, they're all rooting for you for eventually getting to the stage where you join them. Uh, on the tournament circuits when you grow up get a little bit older um just know that there's a place in the community for you so keep going you can do it kid i believe in you our next event takes us to orlando in florida uh where they had the crucible x age of sigmar grand tournament zachary shin won it with his skaven tide and one of our few if not only five o's for skaven and then jonathan Werrector. Uh, with his Sylvaneth Naru also went 5-0, so congratulations to both of them. The Skaven list was a Verminal Warbringer. Now, I've talked about this a little bit. Now, it's got the same loadout, identical to the loadouts that we've seen being put on our Verminal Deceivers in the Devious Adversary and the Warpstone Charm. 
and flaming weapons as a spell. But the Warbringer, I think people are sleeping on as a unit. I've seen it used a couple of times, mainly because of his ability to do Death Frenzy as a spell. And what that is, is uh, Dreaded Death Frenzy, sorry. It's cast on 7 and a range of 13 inches. If successfully cast, you pick up to D3 friendly Skaven units, holding range, and visible to the caster until your next hero phase. If any models in that unit are slain, those models can fight before they're removed from play. Now, because of a war, because of a FAQ that's been placed on the Eidolon Mathlon of the Sea, belonging to Eidoneth Deepkin, then D3 units can be the same unit D3 times. Uh, so you can get loads of additional fight on deaths which is really good on the warbringer because the warbringer has got um six attacks on his doom glaive and he can get plus two to that because of the artifact or the relic or the command trait one of the two uh which is eight attacks threes and threes ren two damage three but that could be ren three with the uh the good old flaming weapons and then two attacks but would be four attacks twos and then twos if he's unwounded ren two damage three um, so he can have a lot of potent output, especially when he fights, then fights and dies, then dies again, then dies again. You are looking at something that might delete units, which is very cool in my personal opinion. So I really like that, and I think that's super fun. Then he's got Warlock Engineer and Thanquil in the boat. Uh, three Warp Lightning Cannons to keep people uh, people honest at range. The Horror Gas spell, two units of Clan Rats, five Scryer Acolytes, and then 20 Storm Vermin. So Scryer Acolytes very fragile on 75 point uh 75 points but just do some great output at like very short distances yeah yeah the slap rat is what he is now yeah so just super fun love that our silver death list that went 5-0 was uh the arch revenant the warsong revenant a battle mage uh two times five tree revenants some dryads and then a tree lord oh tree lord more of a shooting unit i've heard and then chronomantic cogs and the spite swarm hive He's got three Aether Wings, six Colonel Thumbs with Scythes, and then three Revenant sinker, uh, 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 Seekers in his list to heal them up to do it. Okay, in the uh, in the 4-1 bracket at the Crucible X, we got Nicholas Petrowski, who's running Iron Juice Bloodtooths, a bunch of Gore Grunters, and a Mega Moss More Crusher. Uh, Benjamin Foltz with his Nighthorn running the Scarlet Doom. Uh, was, again, a bunch of Blade Geist Revenants. You can see there, five Hex Wraiths, Cruel Gas Cruciator, and Guardian of Souls. Cody Saltz was also running Iron Jaws Bloodtooths, and no shock here, a bunch of Gore Grunters and a Mega Boss on More Crusher with some War Chanters in his list as well. Those lists fairly write themselves, but they're still excellent. And then Douglas Clem with Stormcast Eternals, really mixing it up a little bit. Lord Imperiton and the Lord Relictor. Lord Relictor had the Arcane Tome, but his command trait was the High Priest, meaning he's got a re-rollable teleport. Then he had a unit of... Um, unit of 10 Judicators with Bolt Storm Crossbows, uh, which is going to do a lot of shots. Then two units of Annihilators with Meteoric Grand Hammers and a unit of 10 Protectors, uh, 450 points. Those are so powerful. They've got a two-up armor save, which I think is really, really good. Uh, in Battle Regiment and then Bounty Hunters and a unit of two Fulminators. So he obviously can Deep Strike with his two units of Grand Hammers with the Imperitant, making it so they can Deep Strike within nine, do loads of Mortal Wounds. He can redeploy... Um, if he wants uh, one of the units of uh, the Boltstorm crossbows to get them in range to shoot out some screens, which is really nice. So the Annihilators can definitely get some big charges in. Uh, then the Protectors are going to hold objectives incredibly well, especially as they're in Bounty Hunters and their damage one weapons are going to go up to damage two. And the Dracothian Guard Fulminators um, are just amazing. Two Fulminators can delete 
way more than they deserve to way more than they deserve to delete uh and that's every that's yeah that's that's everything from crucible x i hope everyone had a lovely time congratulations to all the people that did really really well our second largest event from the weekend was the Michigan GT, 72 players uh, playing in Lansing, uh, Michigan. Uh, now, the Michigan GT uh, was attended by a bunch of legends, but again, seems to be the theme of the week. Bill Sousa, the ghoul king himself, uh, the tall drink of water that is uh, Bill Sousa, has gone 5-0 with OCR Bone Reapers, one of the underperforming factions in Age of Sigmar at the minute, which is pretty pretty wicked now he's done it with OCR Bone Reapers and again in very typical Bill fashion he's done this this is probably like the sixth or seventh time that Bill has turned the meta on its head in the past uh, three years of like me reading out lists uh, maybe even less time than that uh, Bill's phenomenal uh, at the game on the tabletop, gent in person, but also uh, really redefines how the meta works uh, in loads of ways and always does it with really unique and very his lists. Uh, so he was running Arca. So you run Petrifex Elite, which means you ignore the first pip of Rend in an enemy army and... Um, uh, and you, yeah, and you can add an additional rend with a command ability to a unit. That's going to come important in a minute. He's got Arkan the Black, the Mortarch of Sacrament, and a Mortars and Soul Mason in his army as well. Now Arkan's got pluses to cast and can also extend the spell range of his spells to cast as well, which is really good because he's going to want definitely cast Mystic Shield. And his uh, spells that he's taken are Ravenax Dashing Jaws for mortal wounds and Bonetide Shrieker, which stops people from using command abilities. He's also got Expert Conquerors and Battle Regiment. Uh, his expert conquering units are two units of five, um, uh, sorry, two units of nine necropolis stalkers. Two units of nine necropolis stalkers are four wounds apiece, uh, and they've got a four up armor save, which does mean he's going to have thirty six wounds in his uh, army uh, in that unit. It's five hundred forty points on a four up save, ignoring rend one. Now I'm pretty certain he was uh, loaded out with spirit blades on every single one of the necropolis stalkers, meaning he's got five attacks for forty-five attacks. They hit on threes, but obviously you can give them. Oh, you can't give them all out attack. Um, is there a way to get plus one to hit? I don't know if there is, but you definitely get rerolls ones to hit from the soul mason. Then he wounds on threes, and it's rend one. However, with the petrifex command ability, it's rend two. He also can use the quadrupec aspects, which is an ability that the stalkers have, and that and he can choose to use the precision aspect, which is to improve the rend um, uh, and damage characteristic of these units' melee weapons by one. Oh, he does, thanks to Owen in the chat, get plus one to hit from the Bone Tithe Shrieker, which also gives you plus one to hit. So that means he's got five attacks, hitting on twos thanks to the Bone Tithe Shrieker, as opposed to hitting on threes. He's wounding on threes, and then he's rend three, because he's normally rend one, additional rend from using the Petrifex ability, an additional rend from the Precision Aspect Water Roll ability, and then he's damaged two, which is also because of the Precision Aspect ability. So, 45 attacks, twos, threes, rend three, damage two. And then he was like, that sounds like a really good unit. And so what he decided to do was he decided to take that unit twice. Two units of Necropolis Stalkers, 525 points, not 540, um, all in a battle reg. And then he had two units of Kavalos Death Riders. Uh, sorry, no, the Necropolis Stalkers, sorry, also are in Expert Conquerors. So that means they count as 27 models on objectives when they're not when they're not killed, right? Don't forget they're ignoring one pip of rend. So if you wanted to, OBR aren't able to use all-out defense or redeploy or anything like that. 
Um, but he does also have the ability with this army to also re-roll saves um, using blade parry. So depending on activations and how these units are in a fight, he can have one unit re-rolling saves, one unit using uh, the plus one rend, plus one damage, like, and he can kind of like mix in between on those units as well. So like, um, like just so good, so good in this army uh, and so powerful. And then he's going to be great on the primary. Uh, and then you're going to want to fight these guys, but also not fight these guys uh, because you're going to need to do a lot of output to take these down. Uh, so yeah, just incredible stuff. Great list. The other person, uh, Michael Cal uh, Caldwell. Uh, was running Soulblight Gravelords. He also went 5-0, so congratulations to him. Michael was running a Legion of Blood Soulblight Gravelords list. We've seen this popping up a lot now. Manfred and Neferata. Manfred's just a really good singular duelist piece anyway, but it provides a load of buffs to his army in addition. Neferata's got a great spell where you can cast on a unit so they ignore negative modifiers that save. And then a Vampire Lord uh, with Master of Magic and an Arcane Tome. He's got two units of five Black Knights. 10 Death Rock Skeletons, 20 Graveguard, and then 10 Blood Knights who start on a 3-up armor save. So when you ignore their, when you make it so they ignore modifiers and cast Mystic Shield, they can be on a 2-up armor save. 2-up armor save, ignoring round 1 if they do all-out defense. <laughs> on 30 wounds in that unit. Uh, just so good. Horogast, Purple Sun, Chronomantic Cogs. Great, great list. Moving on to our four ones, and just because this has already been a four-hour recording live on Twitch, I'm moving on, and I'm just going to read through some of these lists and the players that are doing well. Uh, Roger Barker uh, from Team America with Beast of Chaos. Tom Guan, my co-host, love that guy. Cities of Sigmar. Uh, Barton Kelly with a four-one. Again, Cities of Sigmar, Hallow Heart. That's two Hallow Hearts in there. Really making a comeback at the minute. Uh, Christian Teal with his uh, Iron Ethiopian Morphan. Brandon Harvey with his Magikin of Nurgle. Congrats. Yared Barrick with his Fire Slayers and John Anderson with his Ideneth Deepkin. So just hitting that 4-1 bracket again. Then Michael Roush has got a great Slaves to Darkness army uh, into spoilers. Super worth uh, reading and a uh, really cool list. Nick Carr with his Flesh Eater Courts went 4-1 as well. Flesh Eater Courts back, baby. John Castle with a Nighthorn um, using Emerald Host. And then Andrew Shower with his Ogre, More Tribes, Blood Gullet army. Congratulations to all of you for going 4-1. Super proud of you. Next, we're going up to lovely Scotland, uh, where we're in Stirling at Northern Invasion. The Scottish scene has always been a really big, fun collective scene. And I've been saying for years I want to go up there. So that's a plan. Really excited. John B was the winner of their event in Northern Invasion. And he's, he's Scotland's Mr. 300. He's like the powerhouse of the Scottish uh, scene. I always read his name out. He's always doing well. Uh, in his, he was the only person to go five zero, I believe. Tito is being a bit of a mess. It is the only person. He was running Seraphon and he was running Fangs of Sotek. Uh, he had Croak and Astroth Banabera, a Skink Priest and a Slan Star Master. Then he had thirty Skinks, two lots ten Skinks, Saurus Guard, and then the Incarnate of Gur with a Horogast, Ravenex Gnashing Jaws, and the Burning Head. We've seen a lot of Ravenex Gnashing Jaws um, in the list this week, and definitely has seen some real play as a damage dealing spell. In the 4-1 bracket, we've got uh, Mike Callahan with his De Death Nighthorn army. Uh, Mike was running um, a Scarlet Doom with a Spirit Torment, Guardian Souls, another Spirit Torment, a Cruciator, two lots of 20 Blade Revenants, three Spirit Hosts, five Hex Wraiths, ten Blade Revenants, ten Cheras, and some Banshees. Purple Sun, an Endless Spell. An Endless Spell. Uh, Phil McGuinness went 4-1 with his Bloodtooth Iron Jaws, Mega Boss and War Crusher, two War Chanters, a Shaman, Two lots of six Gurunters and Arboys with a Rogue Idol. 
Uh, love the Rogue Idol. Second time I've seen it this week. JP Gannis, lovely, lovely man. I hope he's doing really well. Uh, Slave Start this Knight's Empty Throne Kotet. He's seen people around the world running this and definitely followed up. Uh, so Knight's Empty Throne Varangard unit becomes a hero. You can give it an artifact, which is always going to be the Inescapable Doom and Grasping Plate, which means you get to pile in from six inches up to six inches. And uh, you got you can't retreat away from them, which means you get to run the unit, which moved 12, so you got an 18-inch threat range, and you pile in uh, 6 inches, so 24 inches, uh, and then you can't run away from it. And it's got 3 up armor save on 30 wounds uh, with uh, Mark of Zinch giving it a spell ignore and also reroll wants to save. And he's got 2 units of those, uh, but the second unit does not have... Uh, the Grasping Plate and Inescapable Doom, but it does have the Null Stone, which is auto-unbind uh, once per battle, which is super good. Two Chaos Sorcerer Lords, two units of four Iron Golems, uh, uh, sorry, two four units of eight Iron Golems, sorry, six Furies, and then the Chaos War Shrine. And again, they've got Mark of Zinch, so uh, they're just really, really tough. Three-up armor save, re-rolling ones on an objective. So loads of that damage is being done from there. Um, from the Varangard in there, there are a thousand points for the Varangard. They get to fight twice as well. Um, uh, JP is still making his new list bot system to run toy systems on it too. Oh, lovely. Love that. That sounds great. Uh, okay. Uh, then you've got, um, uh, who's next? Uh, you've got Phil McGuinness, uh, with his Iron Jaws. We talked about that. We've talked about JP. Then Jamie and Ryath. Uh, one's using, Jamie's using Soul Black Grave Lords. Um, which he wrote really difficultly for me to read, but it had 20 Blood Knights and Neferata in his list, uh, and Manfred. Uh, oh, he definitely got, he's definitely got Manfred. He also has got something that's got the Arcane Tome in his list as well, <laughs> uh, and loads of Blood Knights. I think there's actually more than, there's definitely 20 Blood Knights, but I can't read that, so there you go. And then Ryath was running Lumeth, Realm Lord, Zytrek, Wind Mage, Venari Lord Regent, Two lots of 10 Wardens, 30 Sentinels, another 30 Sentinels, and an Incarnate. Let's go. I absolutely love this list. Riath. Right, I hope I'm saying that right. Riathy, uh, 60 Sentinels and an Incarnate. Get in. Absolutely get in. I absolutely love that. Um, love that. And then Richard Maguire was running Seraphon, Thunder Lizard, Croak, Astro, Skink Priest, Engine of the Gods, two times 10 Skinks. Two Basilidons with solars, uh, solar engines, and an Arca Sotek, Purple Sun, and Cogs for the recast. Uh, great. Okay, wonderful. Lovely hearing that everyone in Scotland's having a great time. Uh, loads of love, and congratulations to all of you. Our last and biggest event, our last and biggest event uh, is, oh, thank you very much to Dad Bod Nap God uh, for donating 30 quid to the show so I can buy myself a pizza. I'm going to buy the biggest pizza you've ever seen. Oh, amazing. Okay, our final event is our biggest event, the London Grand Tournament down in London. I was at this event, uh, and this uh, had 76 players, so just pipping the Michigan GT. Um, uh, a bunch of people came over from uh, France to play at this event, so you had, it was a bit of an international affair. And I've got to say, uh, one thing um, that I would like to note on, that Russ, who was running the event, had a really difficult job of, of TO in that event. Uh, there was a lot of... There was a lot of I'm going to say egos at the event uh, and a lot of like high level competitive international play. Uh, and it was really excellent to see Russ like, like in like Russ doesn't necessarily um, TO'd a lot of events. And I think he did a particularly good job in my opinion uh, in what was a really difficult crowd, mainly on his own. So I just want to say uh, congratulations to him. Um, anyway, so in the 5-0 bracket, 
Um, and I'm sure loads of other TOs around the world are doing also excellent work. That's just one I saw in person, so I just thought I'd make a mention of it. In the 5 bracket, Darren Watson. Now, Darren, you may, you probably have heard of in competitive agency more anyway, but he does have a coaching service. He has a, a Patreon that you can subscribe to, and he coaches people through, I don't know how it works specifically, uh, coaches people through events. Um, uh, so Darren was running a uh, Doors of Cain uh, list, which we'll look at in a moment. Uh, and he went 5-0, and that was along with Hadrian Torin, and he was one of the French players, uh, and he had uh, a Magikin of Nurgle list. So the Doors of Cain list was in Santa Kai. He had Marathi and... Um, he had Marathi in his list, obviously, and then a Hag Queen, Cauldron of Blood, with the Arcane Tome and the Command Trait Zealous Orator. So his 15 fighty snakes, the Blood Sisters, can rally on a 4+. plus. units of 10 Witch Elves, and then the Cron Spine, Incarnate of Gur. So... Cher and Sonny and Cher are back, and it's Bramrathi and uh, the Cronspine Incarnate. Uh, so uh, feel that's fairly self-explanatory as a list because uh, we've seen it already. Uh, but there you go, uh, using all of those key elements. And then Hadrian's list uh, was running a Magakin of Nurgle Drowned Men list, Bellacore, a Lord of Afflictions with Overpower Ascension, Split Horn Helm, unit four plus, two units of four Puskal Blight Lords, and two units of two Puskal Blight Lords. Now, I know he beat Phil in round four, so it's Phil Marshall. This would have been Phil's, this is Phil's fourth event in a row, and I think the three past, three last events, he went 5-0, and this was the only person to beat him, uh, so congratulations. Um, uh, coach me up to two one fours. How did he do it? It's a great question. How did he? Uh, uh, but the pregame move on the Puskal Blight Lords. But I know he when he played Phil, he rallied six Puskal Blight Lords in a in a game. Can't argue with that. Uh, and then three Nurglings as well. Uh, just a devastating list. I would argue this is one of the best lists in Age of Sigmar at the minute. Like argue. I wouldn't go out and buy it now because I think it's going to change in the update. Uh, but yeah, just huge. Love this completely. Um, uh, yeah, so they, those are our 5-0s, and then we got a ton of 4-1s. So we'll talk through them, and I think I can know them. I know them off the top of my head. Steve Follows was running uh, was running a Carriage Overlords list. He was running two of the Ironclads, but importantly, instead of taking Purple Sun, he was running the Rune of Petrification from Lumineth Realm Lords. Now, I always thought that people took the Purple Sun so that you got the minus one to armor save aura, so your guns did better, but... Stephen was running it for the damage, I guess. Uh, and, yeah, just a really prodigious player um, uh, doing really well. And unsurprising member of Team England doing really great there. Yeah, because currently you've got Team England, Team France, Team England. Then you've got Jack Armstrong, again, another Team England, running a bunch of Stormcast Eternals uh, dragons in his list. Uh, Jorin, Jorin, sorry, Camper with his Fangs of Sotek uh, was running loads of skinks in the Fangs of Sotek list. Phil Marshall went back to his Age of Sigmar 2 list. I think this puts Phil in the past four weeks as 19 to 1. Like, out of 20. Out of 20 games, he's won 19. With four different factions. I'm a bit gutted. Uh, if I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit gutted he, we didn't get the 20th. Because that's... That's the record. But I'm going to I'm gonna claim 18-2, sorry. 18-2. 18-2 out of four events with four factions. So I'm going to call it here now. Phil is so hot right now. He's got the new title. Hashtag so hot right now. Phil is back. Right? It's Phil. Um, uh, then Michael Atali was running Soulblight Gravelords. Uh, and he was running a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of Blood Knights? 
Yes, a bunch of Blood Knights in his list, I'm pretty certain. Uh, Chris Riley was running Bone Splitters. I got the opportunity to play next to Chris, a uh, lovely player. I got to watch him absolutely ruin Owen, which is really funny. Uh, but yeah, Chris did a great job uh, with his Icebone um, uh, Outriders. And it's just so much damage. It starts with 180 wounds, just doing loads of attacks. It's just really fun. Uh, to see. Jonathan Gregory with Stormcast Eternals list went 4-1, and I honestly don't know what's in it. Sorry, Jonathan, but my love to you. Uh, I hope you did great. Uh, I'm sure you did really well. Uh, James Lee Lake, I got the opportunity to play James, and he only lost in his final game with his Soulblight Gravelords Legion of the uh, Legion of the Night uh, list. Like, just really great guy, really cool list, a bunch of Graveguard tanking, his Necromancer, um, uh, just, just great stuff. Um, and then Simon Stevens, Simon Stevens with, ladies and gentlemen, the list of the week. Um, by the way, the Stormcast Eternal list was using a Knight Encanter, Master of Magic, Mirror Shield, uh, two units of Griffhounds. Oh, yes, the four Fulminators and the four Concussors. Yeah, this is super cool. This is super cool. And a unit of three Fast Riders in the Everblaze Comet. Like, really fun. I really like this. Like, I really like this. This is a great list. And just looks really devastating on the tabletop. Honestly, just... It just looked great. Uh, but I think he played into... He played his final game, which he lost. He played into Nurgle with the... Um, oh, God, goodness. Uh, with the Glockin. Uh, and he just wasn't able to stop the fight backs. The uh, the one that I love... The one that I love... And there were loads of Nurgle at the event. But the list of the week... I'm saving it for the end of the show. Uh, let me try and find it. Where is this list? Simon Stevens. List of the week. Okay. Um... Get ready. Yeah. And it's hard to beat Bill Sousa for list of the week. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. List of the week. Oakenbrow. So all of your monsters fight a top bracket. Okay. Spirit of Durthu. Right. Uh, I played against Simon Silverneth's list. It was tough. I also played against Simon's list. And it was tough. So did Owen. Yeah. Reign of Stars is 0% win rate against this list. Okay. Spirit of Durthu. Yeah, with Gnarled Warrior and the Greenwood Gladius, which means he's he's got um, he's basically ethereal, an Arch Revenant and a Warsong Revenant uh, with the Lord of the Deepwood regrowth for heal, the Tree Lord Ancient with the Versible Gem, and then Tree Song, uh, so it puts the forest down, and then a Tree Lord, a Tree Lord, and another Tree Lord, and the Spite Swarm Hive, three Battle Line Tree Lords in Bounty Hunters. They're more of a shooting unit than a fighting unit, right? But these things are amazing. They always count as fighting on top bracket. They're pretty fighty in a fight, yeah? They've got three up armor save, right? They're very tough because you stick them all together. Because the thing you never want to do is you never want Durthu to hit you because he'll delete everything. Like, he'll just be like, bosh, let's murder everything, yeah? Uh, the Warsong Revenant obviously does Mystic Shields and, and casts a bunch of good spells, right? Just absolute amazing and a great way to kind of end the show uh to be honest okay what have i took away from this week seen a lot of ravenax gnashing jaws this week um so that's that's been a really interesting a little flex skaven it's fun seeing the skaven list kind of settle in and seeing people playing a bunch of like different and interesting skaven just again bill just flipping the table on what games are but that's also true of people like swaggy and some other people that have been playing some really interesting unique lists um, uh, I've obviously been in an event this weekend as well. i got to say, I feel like Nurgle are very, very strong, but 
you know, I didn't necessarily read them out tons this weekend, which is quite interesting. Dragon's still strong, of course. Uh, a bunch of different armies doing very, very well. We've seen a bunch of Deepkin lists do well. we got to say, though, if we're looking at something sad, that I read Master of Magic, Arcane Tome, and also uh, I read um, the Incarnate out in most of those lists. And I'm really, really excited for Games Workshop to pull the finger out and really look at the internal balance of some of these armies. I'd like to see just the, the Incarnate go away, and I would really like to see there be a mix-up on that combo of Arcane Mag uh, Master of Magic and Arcane Tome. Those are the only sad bits. Apart from that, this is our second largest uh, event, as I said in the pre-show. Um, and, like, yeah, just, like, amazing stuff. Like, amazing stuff. Like, loads of people playing loads of Warhammer all around the world, and the variety of those lists is pretty stupendous. So I think that's just amazing stuff and I'm, I'm really happy to see it uh this has been a four hour recording although obviously it's chopped down for youtube uh so if you are watching backwards youtube or listening to the podcast uh it would be great if you could um potentially uh, sign up to my patreon or like subscribe to the show or do any of those things that's it uh as always i need to thank two different people uh ziggy and rob rob for putting all the information for me at the start of the show uh and ziggy for producing the stats which you can find on the wargamer.com all of the link to all of the information will be in the show notes below Thanks very much. See you soon.